The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And by the way, if you don't believe that we're the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, just look to the Lindsey Graham win. That'll tell you. <laughs> I'm the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on the day after what's supposed to be an election day. Uh, and here we are again. We're, we're going to be in, we're not going to talk about that a lot today. In fact, we probably won't hardly mention it except for me and my mouth. Um, by the way, anybody who was watching any coverage, I got to tell you, I had several screens going on here just to kind of, while I was doing my last night, late night post, um, I was uh, uh, doing some screen looking. So I pulled up all kinds of stuff. I had a Fox and an NBC and a, uh, an ABC and a Time had a thing. And most of it was just, you know, your electoral thing, who's winning Senate, who's winning this, some local races and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, one of the best coverages of all people, was the war room with Steve Bannon. I know it's all pro-Trump, I get it, but it was one of the best coverages from the people that they had providing the numbers. And these guys were really, really there um, in, in, in doing what they did. I mean, I found it fascinating. I really did. Um, everybody else's coverage was, <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, they weren't even really willing to call states that were clearly uh, for Trump because, they were so against him in that, okay? And uh, so I, I saw such such a bias in it uh, in, as far as not being honest about what was going on there. We have somebody in the chat room that said that uh, her husband was part of the, I guess the poll watchers or poll challengers, I'm not sure, supposed to have um, ballots in by 8 p.m. there in Michigan, and yet they were bringing in ballots at 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, of course there's voter fraud, guys. But again, there's got to be enforcement of the law. And if there's no enforcement of the law, it doesn't matter who's president. If they're not going to enforce the law, what good are they? That is their job. That is their job. Uh, with that said, uh, yeah, I guess we got a long week ahead of us. Um, I think some votes can, are allowed nine days to come in. Of course, I guess if the, if the basis of the state is over with, it really won't make any difference if there's enough uh, room there to... To, to win for either man. Uh, currently, at least what I'm seeing here, 
238 electoral votes for Mr. Biden, 213 for Mr. Trump. And the ironic thing is, is Biden hasn't even been out there campaigning. I mean, he just hasn't even been out there, has he? I thought he was, somebody was saying he's locked away in his basement. (laughs) It's just incredible. So anyway, uh, with that said, we're not here to talk really about that. If you want to check us out, do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to watch the show, the video portion, if you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, sonsoflibertymedia.com, head there. It's on the right side of the page. Twitter, FPP, Tim. All of these is where we're streaming to. Twitter, FPP, Tim. Periscope and Twitch is Setting Brush Fires. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, we're right there on the front page. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And we're also on Spreely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.Live, Sons of Liberty, and Sons of Liberty Media. If you want to call in, okay, you want to heckle, <laughs> well, don't heckle, call me. We'll have, we'll have a discussion about um, our topic. We're not going to talk about the election. We're going to talk about the topic that we're, we've got today. And that is this new um, Geneva Consensus Declaration, the United Nations uh, Declaration that the Trump administration has recently signed. Uh, you can give us a call, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. For you guys watching on the screen, that's right there. Uh, watching by video, this is right there on the bottom right of the screen. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. With that said, let's get to it. Our Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, is on the line. Lynn, good morning. Well, good morning. <laughs> and uh, we had a little bit of uh, a telephone trouble. Now, you guys are going to like this because Lynn told me that she got a new Christmas present. It's an early one, and uh, next week we're going to try to get Lynn on where we're not just showing uh, her pretty smile on the on the screen here. We're going to have her live uh, just like we do normally our, the, our other guests, and that will be uh, by Zoom. So we're hoping that that goes well next week, Lynn, and that uh, people will be able to, I don't know, feel more <laughs> like you're in there with it. I mean, the, the, the important thing is, is that uh, there's good voice quality, I think we have that, and uh, so that's something for people to look forward to, to next week. But this week we're talking about this this uh, Geneva Declaration Consensus. I called it the marriage made in hell. Um, and, again, this is – I've told you people, the people supporting anything out of the United Nations, you should be very wary of putting in any public office. And here's just another example. Tell us what's going on there, Lynn. Okay, well, um, how I found out about the consensus declaration was I got an email, and it was, um, the email had the tone of, well, you know, since you've been so super critical of the president, well, here's one marvelous thing that he's done, and he has, you know, signed this declaration. Well, first of all, he hasn't signed it. Um, there has There have been people in the administration run by Trump that have signed this. And the mainstream media, which I'm not going to give credence to because we know how they twist everything, but they have given headlines for this particular declaration, Tim, that are touting it as it's America's anti-abortion saving grace. No, it's not. You have to read the declaration to find out what it's saying is that the United States, along with 30 other, uh, 30-odd-some other countries, are saying that they're not going to support international abortion, but they will, by the UN, have to provide member state abortion. So we're not getting rid of it. We're simply setting the government up to have more control over this hot issue. Well, let me ask you something about that. 
if they're, mm-hmm. if they're signing this with the UN, what are mm-hmm. they doing when the UN is coming? If they're going to sign this, who's going to enforce this? And then does this somehow give up some bit of American sovereignty in enforcing the states to do something that we don't even have a law? And by the way, folks, Roe v. Wade is not law. It's an opinion. In one case, it does not apply across the board. We don't even have a law that protects those who murdered, dismembered, behead, burned, scald, pick your thing of how they killed the most innocent and most helpless in the womb. We don't even have a law that protects them. So now we're going into this this um, uh, consensus declaration. We're signing on to this stuff. Who's going to enforce that? Well, that's a very good question. Who is? It doesn't really say in the declaration who's going to do it. All it says is that here's what we're declaring. Here's where we're in agreement. And um, this is what we're going to do. But if you look at the compliance that has to come along with it because of the UN, you're going to have to involve not only that, but the USMCA, which is the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. And we have spent several shows on that. Now, I know this is our war, um, you know, this is our Wednesday war to on the core. And so people are going to think, well, how in the world is all this tied to education? Very, very simply. Um, let me get down to that particular thing. All right. First of all, the Every Student Succeeds Act gave the largest power increase to the federal government in three main departments. Now, that doesn't mean these are the only departments, Tim. It just means the three biggies. And that was in the order of importance, health and human services, education, and labor. Now, between that particular law, the COVID stuff and the USMCA, this updated Geneva Consensus Declaration, education will continue to be streamlined into not only skilled healthcare worker minions, but all the other related jobs. It's going to morph over into not only your um, mental health, but your social and emotional learning, and finally, social justice. Well, isn't that nice? Now, I'm sure the American people were not told any of this stuff when Mike Pompeo made his little announcement of this. And, of course, Donald Trump isn't going to say anything about it either. He'll say, oh, I found out about it in the news, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> let's get into this now because I've got, I've got some uh, scripture that I'm going to bring up, too, in, in the midst of this. And it's sure. going to deal with these issues of treaties and and basically covenants that that are made, and what God has to say about it. And I, I want to apply that because I always think, folks, if you listen to the Sons of Liberty, we point to the Bible and the Constitution, and that's the standard. Not to see who's on the right and the left, but who's on the straight and narrow. That's the point. So, uh, Lynn, let's lead off. Let's look at some of these things that you've got here because we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be looking at today. Absolutely. Okay. Well, if you want to show folks the actual consensus declaration and point out that, um, you know, the logo is screaming at you, United Nations. Yes, it is. I <clears throat> I actually have a, um, uh, this one doesn't, this doesn't have the actual logo on it, but the people who, if you go to our YouTube channel and, and it, when we archive it, I put up a an image I made, I'm, I'm really poor at Photoshop, okay? I'm just not a good guy at Photoshop. But I made an image there, and right in the middle of it is this uh, Geneva con- consensus deal. 
and it's got the laurels around it, just like on the United Nations. So it's clear that it's tied to that. What's it actually doing, Lynn? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, let me open it up as well, and um, people can read this on their own because it's quite large. Um, I can't remember how many different pages it is. But basically what it says is we are intending to gather on the margins of the 2020 World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland, to review progress made and changes to uphold the right to the highest attainable standards of health for women to promote women's essential contribution to health and strength of the family and successful and flourishing society. Okay? Now, if you go and you look at who signed this particular agreement, and then like I said, there are 30-some-odd nations who have done it, very few of them are women. And one of the things that drives me absolutely batty as a mom, um, especially of three daughters, is that, by and large, most of the healthcare decisions are made by men for women when they have sometimes no clue what they're really legislating over, and it just drives me mad. Well, yeah, let's talk about some of these things that are in here. Uh, for instance, it says, uh, despite our inability to meet in Geneva due to the global COVID-19 scamdemic, I mean, plandemic, I mean, uh, what we planned all along, <laughs> in solidarity, and, and here, there's that term again. We use that yep, with, the, with the solidarity that we use this talking about the vaccines. Everybody says, oh, well, there, there isn't a mandate in this, that, and the other. But we talk mm-hmm. about solidarity. Well, that's what it is. It is a herd mentality that in many cases, they're not going to have to mandate. You're going to get so much pressure from the people. That's the solidarity. It's like this. It's like some of the goofiness that we're hearing in the elections. So it says, there's five things it says. I want to read these off. Uh, I think it's five. No, it actually continues no, on. The, oh my no, goodness. There's, there's seven. <clears throat> there's seven, yeah. Let's read those off so mm-hmm. people know exactly what we're talking about. Number one is to okay. reaffirm that, quote, all are equal before the law, and that, quote, human rights of women are an inalienable, integral, and indivisible part of all human rights and fundamental freedoms. Now, I don't understand if all are equal before the law, why you have to single out women. That doesn't make any sense to me. If you say all are equal before the law, doesn't that include women? Doesn't that include children? It doesn't make any sense. Number two, go ahead. I was just going to say, but as we have discovered through the United Nations and especially through the science, technology, engineering, math, um, the STEM, what does it do? It targets women and children and low income. And that right. is precisely what this declaration does as well. Well, and I think this is part of Marxism is the destruction of the family. You get the dad out of the way. Then you start targeting mom and the children. <clears throat> you become, the state becomes their husband, their father, whereas the Bible mm-hmm. says that, uh, at least for the, for the, for the widow uh, and for the what? orphan, it talks about that God is their father. He is their protector. So the state, look, if you, if you have any question as to who's behind the state when it becomes tyrannical like this, it's none other than the devil himself. Um, this what? is exactly what God said with Isaiah. He spoke to the king. And he talked about Lucifer wanting to be uh, ascending to the the hill of the Most High. He wants to be God. Um, So Mm -hmm. this is what the state does. It becomes a beast when the people don't bring justice. 
uh, when they're right. more interested in their economy and their money and all the finances and everything else more than they are justice. So number two says, and emphasize, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, the equal right of men and women to the enjoyment of all civil and political rights, as well as economic, <clears throat> excuse me, social and cultural rights, and the, quote, equal rights, opportunities, and access to resources and equal sharing of responsibilities for the family by men and women and a harmonious partnership between them are critical to their well-being and that of their families, end quote, and that, quote, women and girls must enjoy equal access to quality education, economic resources, and political participation, as well as equal opportunities with men and boys for employment, leadership, and decision-making at all levels, end quote. Number three, reaffirm the inherent... Hang on. Hang on. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Quality education. That's sustainable development goal number four. Mm -hmm. Gender equality, I believe, is number five. That's where a lot of this is coming from. The decent work for all that it's talking about, that's sustainable development goal number eight. So the sustainable development goals, Tim, that we have talked about so many different times are woven through this particular declaration as well. Okay. All right. Number three, reaffirm the inherent, quote, dignity and worth of, of the human person. <laughs> but, they, but they're going to allow for, for abortions. Okay. Whatever. <clears throat> that every human being has the inherent right to life. Well, what about those that you're wanting to murder? Through abortion, right? And the commitment, quote, to enable women to go safely through pregnancy and childbirth and provide couples with the best chance of having a healthy infant, unless you want to behead it, unless you want to dismember it. That's what they don't tell you. Number four, emphasize that in no case should abortion be promoted as a method of family planning. Oh, well, that's going to be a problem for the United States because we continue to fund Planned Parenthood to the tune of over $600 million under this administration, and they only do 40% of the abortions. And then you've got 60%. Who knows if I'm sure they're getting money too. Well, let's also point out that that particular organization through the Every Student Succeeds Act has been able to set up their offices inside schools, not just for the students who go to that school, but for your community. Yeah. Well, listen to what else they have here. Um, it shouldn't be used as a method of family planning and that, Quote, any measures or changes related to abortion within the health system can only be determined at the national or local level according to the national legislative process. Um, murder is against the law. You don't rewrite the law to say murder's okay. I, it, this is absolutely... But, Tim, uh, th- what but is hang it? on. Go ahead. When your nation is based on the Noahide laws like ours <laughs> is... What are you going to get? You're going to get something like this. Mm. Mm. All right. So we've got this going on, the national, uh, the national legislative process. And I'll remind people, the Declaration of Independence says the first right men have by their creator is what? Life. It's to mm-hmm. life. Abortion is not a it – is, it is a choice people make. There's no question about it. It's the choice to murder a baby. That's what it is. That's what the choice is. And yet, if you're going to protect rights, if the government's job is to protect the rights of the people, to ensure that, then how are you going to do that when you're wanting to kill the most innocent among them? Uh, and, and then that ties in with what we've said before. 
their whole idea of protecting us from COVID is just hypocritical. It really is. Uh, reaffirm right. that the child needs special safeguards and care before, <clears throat> as well as after birth, that is if they make it past that, and special measures of protection and assistance should be taken on behalf of all children based on the principle of the best interest of the child. Reaffirm, number five, reaffirm that the family is the natural and fundamental group unit of society as entitled to protection by the society and the state, that motherhood and childhood are entitled to special care and assistance, that women play a critical role in the family and women's contributions to the welfare of the family and to the development of the society. Now, look, all of that sounds good. All of it is right. So what am, what are people missing? They would go, well, well, what are you guys fussing about? Some of these things are actually good things. Well, they're good things in what they're saying, but then what are they doing, Lynn? Well, if you look closely at number five, it's telling you that as a family, the state, the society is entitling you. No, God blessed you, not the state entitled you. And then if you look at number six, number six and number seven are the real smoking guns. Now, I know it says up here that, um, you know, abortion shouldn't be used as family planning. And while that's a, a good thing in one way, it's not taking it totally off the table. And this is what I was saying about those mainstream headlines, because the mainstream headlines make it sound like it's just off the table altogether. Nothing could be further from the truth. Look at number six. Recognize that universal health coverage is fundamental for achieving the sustainable development goals related not only to health and well-being with further recognition that health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. Now, That's who's going to... Gonna... And emotional learning is coming in. That's where the mental health is coming in. And universal health care coverage. Tim, we have over a 1,000 bills in Congress right now under this administration, which are doing nothing but setting us up for universal health care. And I have provided the biggest ones in the um, resources for folks to go look at. I but was, you're going to see again and again, universal this, universal that, mm -hmm. universal the other. It's because we are seeing our nation set us up yet one more time to not be a good America or a great America or a superior America, but a wonderful member state. Well, that's what I was going to say. Who's going to determine um, this, uh, the, 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 the different kinds of health that this is talking about physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. By what standard will they be doing that? Um, They'll be done by international standards. And again, this yeah. goes back to the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. Come on. And the many shows that we've done on that, they have internationally-based committees who will make decisions for us of how we will live, how we will have our health care, where we'll work, where we'll learn, how we'll learn, and it all marries to the tune of the United Nations. So the control might be at the local or national level, Tim, but it's not going to be locally uh, led by what you want or I want. It's going to be mandated to us and trickle down. Yeah, if I can, I'm, I'm just bringing something up here, and um, uh, forgive me, I'm going to run it just a little bit. Uh, I want to I want to play two little things here. If uh, YouTube will work with me, 
And uh, <laughs> I want to I want to introduce this because <clears throat> you know a lot of people have talked about oh we have to have um, okay this one is uh, I, I've got I'm doing this live because I, I didn't plan on bringing this one up but I'm going to do it because a lot of people have forgotten uh, they've talked about you know the reason that uh, Republicans were not able to uh, change things with Obamacare. I mean, because this is the healthcare issue and stuff. I, I think many of them have forgotten the fact that the president has expressed his support for not just repealing Obamacare, but replacing it. And again, the federal government has, I don't, I don't see anything in Article 1 that we gave them any authority to be involved in, in the healthcare process at all. But I just want to remind people of something, okay? And we're probably going to go a little long today. So if you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, you want to catch the end of the show, you may want to jump over to YouTube or Facebook or DLive or any of those uh, so that you'll be able to see some of this stuff. But let me play you. This is one, this is almost three minutes. This is um, <clears throat> a CBS interview with President Trump and... It's on the Obamacare, and then if this doesn't have the particular statement where Trump expresses his support for exactly what you said, universal health care, I don't know what does. Here's CBS News. On the campaign trail, Donald Trump could not have been more clear about what he intended to do with President Obama's health care law. Real change begins with immediately repealing and replacing Obamacare. Did you hear that, folks? Replacing. But today, in a 60-minute interview that includes his family, the president-elect appeared to step back from that. Here's what he told Leslie Stoll. Let me ask you about Obamacare, uh, which you say you're going to repeal and replace. When you replace it, are you going to make sure that people with preconditions are still covered? Yes, because it happens to be one of the strongest assets. You're going to keep that. Also, with the children living with their parents for an extended period, we're going to. You're going to keep very that. much try and keep that. Adds cost, but it's very much something we're going to try and keep. It's also unconstitutional. And going to be a period, if you repeal it and before you replace it, when millions of people nope. could lose. We're going to do it simultaneously. It'll be just fine. That's what I do. I do a good job. You know, I mean, I know how to do this stuff. We're going to replace it. I'm the best. It. Don't you and know? I'm God. We're not going to have gonna like a go two-day period, high. and we're not going to have a, a two-year period where there's nothing. It will be repealed and replaced, and we'll know. And it'll be great health care for much less money. Mr. Trump also spoke about the phone call that essentially ended the election. Hillary okay. called you. All right, this part Tell here, about that phone. let's get rid of this um, and move to the next thing. This is where he states the issue of the universal health care. Okay, hang on. This is Donald Trump. Everybody's got to be covered. This is an unrepublican thing for me to say because a lot of times they say, no, no, the lower 25%, they can't afford private. But universal health care. I am going to take care of everybody. I'm, I don't care if it costs me votes or not. Everybody's going to be taken care of much better than they're taken care of now. The uninsured person right. is going to be taken care of. They're going to be how? taken care of. How? I would make a deal with existing hospitals to take care of people. And you know what? This is probably. Make a deal. Who pays for it? The government's going to pay for it, but we're going to save so much money on the other side. <laughs> okay, I'm just... The government's going to pay for it. Well, who is the government? Who's the government, everybody? Uh, uh, YouTube and they're going to other stuff. Um, who's the government? You and I are. 
But you're going to save a lot of money by paying for everybody else's health care, including those with pre-existing conditions. Now, look, I think we should have compassion for those people with with pre-existing conditions. How about we start doing that individually? Okay? (laughs) Southern. (laughs) That's what I heard, too. A lot of hot air there. People have forgotten this, Lynn. They've forgotten that Mm -hmm. the president has basically just told you he wants to do everything that Obamacare did. And the people still buy that that he wants to do away with it. Now, he does. He just wants his name on it. It's like the Republicans, the, the thing with Paul Ryan. They just want to put their uh, they want to put their name on it so that the Democrats don't get It's the WWE Royal Rumble Smackdown. That's all it is. And who is the lo- who's the lo- who are the losers in this? It isn't them. It isn't the medical industry. It's you and me, because guess who gets the bill? Donald Trump just told you the government is going to pay for it. Who's the government people again? We the people, that's the first part of the Constitution. We're the ones going to get stuck with the bill. Just like the wall, just like everything else, we're going to be the ones who get stuck with the bill, with the deficit spending to to prop that thing up, the phony money printing that's worth nothing, but it's going to cost us and our children enslavement. All of this stuff, we're going to be the ones that get hit with the bill. And I think this, this needs to be brought out when we're talking about this issue of mental health, um, physical health, and social well-being within uh, these statements. Now, let me read this last one, and then I'll get you to comment. Number seven uh, in this declaration, reaffirm the importance of national ownership and the primary role and responsibility of governments at all levels to determine their own paths toward achieving universal health coverage in accordance with national context and priorities, preserving human dignity and all the rights and freedoms set forth in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Well, if that's the case, if you really believe that there should be national ownership, I I assume that means national sovereignty. That's what they're trying to say, or they're trying to cover for it. And the primary role of the, the responsibility of governments at all levels to determine these things, then, Lynn, for goodness sake... Why do you need this this declaration from the UN? Why do you need that? Why do we need it? Because we have to be good compliant um, idiots. Is why. <laughs> but let me let me bring up a couple of things about this particular declaration, okay? Because this is not a new declaration. This thing has been around since 1947. It was updated in 1968. 1983, 1994. It was edited and revised in 2005 and 2006. In 2017, it was amended, and then we have the 2020 version, which is designed to do nothing but be a global replacement for the Hippocratic Oath. And if you don't think that sounds bad, you need to look at what the Hippocratic Oath does and then understand that this declaration legally binds the physician's codes uh, for those doctors in America to standards that are outside of the United States. And by assigning this, it will continue to influence how U.S. law is created in Healthcare, well-being, education, and so many other things. Well, there's no doubt about that. 
Now, what else do we got? Because we got a lot. There's a lot of documentations on this. We've got um, right there. There is, and this is. You remember, this is something that really didn't hit the news a heck of a lot. I mean, you had to really go and look for this, but because, it, and you know why? It's because the um, campaign was going on, and no, we're not going to bring up this because that. The way that the media has spun this, that would have so tipped the scales one way or the other. And, you know, not that they've not been tipped already, because uh, we're seeing all kinds of folks who should not be getting reelected, um, reelected. So we know that the, the cogs in the wheel are turning exactly as they are supposed to. So it's no surprise. But you've got a press release from the State Department where you can hear Pompeo go on and on about how great this particular thing is and how well it's going to preserve the family. And, you know, let's point out the thing that we've talked about, how globalistic that Pompeo is. We've talked about how he is supportive of the United Nations, especially the STEM for girls. So, you know, we can we can bring that up. I think that's in the archive um, information as well. You also have the UN Office of High Commissioner for Human Rights, their statement, on how member states must allow for safe abortions. This is where, if you look close enough in that document, Tim, you're going to find the mental health tie come up again. This will tie to your comprehensive sexuality education, the social and emotional learning, and then the social and economic justice. Okay. <clears throat> All right. We, um, I'm showing the people the, um, the comments by Secretary of State Pompeo, and you're right. I mean, this guy... Uh, mm -hmm. Is he is he is a globalist? There's no question about that. Um, right. And he is a warmonger too. Uh, he is mm -hmm. one who's been pushing the, the the foreign policies to be the direct. And and, and honestly, look, I'll, I'll give Trump credit where he's staved off certain things uh, and yet engaged in others. As Chuck Baldwin has pointed out, I think it's every 12 minutes a bomb's being dropped under this administration uh, in a foreign country somewhere. So. Uh, I'll give him credit to where he staved off some things, but yet he continues on in the same other things. And Pompeo is is even worse than that. But here's here's the here's the question I have. So we've got this uh, Declaration of Human Rights by the United Nations, um, and we hear this thing that I read in the Declaration itself talking about you know all life has to be preserved. Uh, you know, it, it sounds very Christian uh, on, on a, it has a certain veil of Christianity on it, that life is, is precious. It's, it's got to be preserved. It's got to be protected. And then we get this thing, the United Nations Human Rights Office of the High Commissioner puts out this, states must act now to allow safe, legal abortions for women and girls, say UN rights experts. Now, <clears throat> Abby Johnson, of whom the movie uh, Unplanned is based on, uh, her story, she used to be over a Planned Parenthood until she actually walked in to help in an abortion procedure and saw what was going on with her own eyes. If the, and this is what I've said all along. If the ears won't listen, you tell it to the eyes. And they don't want you to see what abortion really is. They don't want you to see the baby moving around trying to flee for its life inside the place where it's supposed to be mo most protected, its mother's womb. She said there is no such thing as a safe or legal abortion. And I agree with her. If it doesn't harm the woman mentally and emotionally and even physically, 
it scar. I mean, it leaves scars on these women, and some of them go to the point where they sear their conscience. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Some of them are laden with guilt in everything that they do because of that, because somewhere deep down inside, they know it's wrong to do what they do. And uh, we should not encourage that. And yet, here's the United Nations doing that. This is part of those human rights that were declared in the Geneva Consensus Declaration here, too. What say you, Lynn? Well, you're exactly right. We also need to understand that this particular um, consensus declaration is an oath, Tim. It's not really a law. I mean, it's not a law. It's it's a declaration. It's an oath saying that, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to attach it to all kinds of other policies, and we're going to marry it to the International Code of Medical Ethics. And those medical ethics, again, are not United States specific. They're not any country specific. They're global. And so, again, we're seeing something that's supposed to be very local because, I mean, let's face it, how much more local can you get when it's your own body to, you know, we're going to take it and let let it go under all these other different standards and all these other different policies. And we've chucked out God's law. We've chucked out uh, the the um, the federal government's uh, supposed protection of our laws as well, or excuse me, rights. So it, it's a big can of worms. And again, this will tie back into the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement is going to certainly support what is in the Every Student Succeeds Act. So if you go back and you look like a timeline, Tim, you're going to see every bit of this stuff has been precisely timed to play off of the thing that was just before it. Yep, I, I agree with you. Okay, so where are we moving on to from here? Okay, uh, we want to point out that uh, this particular declaration also has the support of the World Medical Association. They have been a longtime supporter of the Geneva Declaration throughout um, the years since 1947. You can look them up and find out what a big twisted bunch they are. Um, let's see here. Now, we have an article that folks can go and look at. This is from HCP Live. And it is why the recent update to the Geneva Declaration is a very big deal. And again, I've already said it's because it would replace our Hippocratic Oath with some watered-down global version. And this is probably due to the whole COVID thing. So we can just let people die. I mean, this is something that uh, that Kate yeah. has brought up on the show on Saturdays, where she mm-hmm. has spoken about that, where they've taken people who are of a certain age, usually, uh, and this is why they start going towards the elderly, and um, they're saying, okay, we can just basically uh, let these people die. I mean, that's what they've said. They haven't said it in so many words like that, but they, they couch it in this language of, you know, human dignity and all this kind of stuff. But really what they're saying is they're just not worth our time to deal with. They're, they've already lived their life. Eh, we'll just, you know, if they survive, they survive. If they don't, it's not a big deal. I can see that replaced, being replaced and that coming in and being used in that kind of a measure as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And um, if you follow the Journal of American Medicine, you're going to want to look at the physician codes and policies from their viewpoint. I also provided that particular um, link for folks because this has to do with international medical ethics, not the ethics of your local doctor. Right, right. Okay, so um, 
let me see. Uh, let's go ahead and do a couple more, and then I want to bring some scripture in here before we get off the radio okay. portion. If we have to, if we do have to go over, let's move along to the to the next thing you've got here. I think you've got something here from um, JamaNetwork.com, the Revised Decoration of Geneva, a modern day physician. Yeah, that pledge. was the Journal for American Medicine. Mm-hmm, that's okay. the one I was just talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. I was showing the other okay. one uh, from the other article, and then and guys, we'll have this sure. up in the archives. Um, we'll have this in the archives later this morning at sonsoflibertymedia.com. All right, Lynn, uh, what do we got next in line concerning this uh, declaration? Okay. Um, one of the key groups, aside from the federal government and this World Medical Association, who is supportive of this particular anti-abortion declaration, if you will, is the Family Watch International. Now, they were formally called the Global Helping to Advance Women Organization. They're out of Arizona. And there are some good things about this group, and there are some bad things about this group, or I would say suspect things as far as my research goes, because I found that they're fighting against the comprehensive sexuality education and the global liberal agenda that goes with it. But, Tim, they are a consulting organization for the United Nations and UNESCO. What's more troubling is that they have some of the worst public-private partnerships in their corner. They are involved with many of these that are in the Common Core machine. For example, you've got the Bank of America, Red Cross, Big Pharma, and schools at all kinds of levels. You also have that they work with the World Health Organization. They collaborate with the United Nations, especially where HIV and AIDS comes in. They work with the International Labor Organization, which we've tied to the State Department before and talked about how they're doing the you know, workforce development. Okay, I've already said the UNESCO. They work with the UN's Human Rights Council, the UN's Food and Agricultural, the UN's High Commission on Refugees, the UN's Environmental Program, the UN's Economic and Social um, Committee, the World Trade Organization, the International Committee of Military Medicine, the World Intellectual Property Organization, the International Telecommunications Union, Amnesty International, the International Federation of Associations for Big Pharma and Physicians, as well as uh, pharmacy manufacturing, and lastly, the International Hospital Federation. You can also find them where they partner with academic centers, uh, George Mason University. Um, you've got worldwide medical student access that they work with, corporate partners there, Eli Lilly, GlaxoSmithKline, Pfizer, these are some of the ones who are doing what right now? Coming up with a vaccine. So, isn't you know, that interesting? Is, I'm sorry? I said, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So here, here you have a group, and I've provided two or three different resources for folks uh, so they can find out more about this Family Watch organization. And then um, we've got a video that we want to play for them as well. But that second image, uh, Tim, that I have, it's going to say received, and then it's got JPEG at the end of it. This is where you will find that not only Family Watch International is in with the UN, but we're going to see Samaritan's Purse as well. 
Yeah, and we've had a couple of shows on that, so if people have missed that, yeah. maybe I'll grab those and throw those in the archive just so they... Yeah, you should. Yeah, because yeah, so I think I forgot well. to. But anyway, yeah, so there's there's proof there. Okay. And then if you look at the colonizing African values, if you'll pull that one up, I want us to look at these uh, four pages real quick. Sure, okay. And We're then we can, go, we can go to that video and you can put your scriptures in. Okay. All right, in this particular document, you're going to see that Pat Robertson is mentioned on page 8, and we know what a false Christian he is, or was. I don't know if <laughs> Yeah, we got Jay around. Seculo in, on the front page of this, too. I'm sorry? I saw that the, on the cover of this, we have Jay Seculo on this, too. And he was receiving right. federal dollars, too. His organization was receiving federal dollars. And you remember, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a bit of a payback for his help in the impeachment process as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to notice on page 8, it also says that the white Christians are enjoying their use of influence in Africa, because this whole document is about colonizing Africa. So you have all these American white Christian do-gooders, and they're coming in to Africa, and they're going to wield their influence. All right. On page 9, you're going to see the Family Watch International is mentioned. On page 10, you will see where the African churches are not so much interested in Jesus as our Savior, but as in being socially justice uh, aware and breeding social justice warriors, yeah, it's, which it's, we've seen. It's promoting yeah. a social gospel rather than a true gospel that right. saves sinners from sin. I know. I, I'm, I'm, we right. didn't, look, and there's churches on, doing on, that here in the States. Yeah, and then on page 11, you'll find the, ecumen the ecumenical groups that are mentioned, which we've gone into um, the past couple of shows, like, you know, Samaritan's Purse, uh, what is it, uh, World Mission, I don't know, some of these other ones. But anyway, so that's what's in that document that I thought people would find so so interesting, but this video that we have to show people, this is from, remember, this group that's supposed to be so family-oriented and they're fighting, you know, comprehensive sexuality, but they are supporting the sustainable development goals, and that video will prove it. Okay. All right. Now, I, you know, and there are things in here that are saying Christian. I'm, I'm showing the people that you've got yeah. this, this seven uh, mountains dominion theology. That, look, that, the, the thing of biblical dominion obviously takes place in all of life. I'm not denying that. But uh, there are some people who have some way far out stuff when it comes to dominion. And it, it has nothing to do with the biblical context. It has to do with following this, this very, um, UN-flavored, uh, watered-down version of Christianity, which is really Antichrist. It's seeking to usurp the place of Christ and put it... And that is Antichrist, too. It's, any can mean against, and it can also mean in the place of. And, of course, we're seeing people like Pat Robertson, T.D. Jakes, who is a heretic, um, and uh, Pat, uh, Peter uh, Wagner uh, involved in a lot of this, this, this prosperity gospel. Look, I believe that God blesses the work of our hands. He says he'll do that. Uh, John says he he prays that we will prosper as our soul prospers. But uh, Paul counters any anybody who would go outside the thing to saying that gain is godliness or that godliness is gain. I, I remember, um, Lynn, if I can just speak to that just a moment. Uh, there was sure. uh, the guy from the Daily Show went into the the GOP um, uh, conference, and he was in there talking to the people supporting Trump, and they said. 
Well, how could a man amass all the fortune, everything he has, if he wasn't praying to God and doing this, that, and the other? And I just kind of, I said, wow, what a bunch of biblically illiterate people to say such a thing. Everybody is who where they are by the grace of God. And if that is there a wicked person with a lot of riches or a wicked person that's poor or a righteous person that with a lot of riches or a righteous person that's poor, they have God to thank for that. But that doesn't mean the wicked are sitting there seeking God because of all that they got. Does anybody remember the rich fool that Jesus uses a parable and he says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I've got everything and I'm going to live my life in luxury. And God says, tonight your soul is required of you. And where does all that stuff go? Well, it's stored up for the righteous. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be taken away from them. So I, I just wanted to input that because I see the the Seven Mountain uh, deal in there. Now, um, yeah. w- do we want to play this video? Uh, how about we wait on the video and we'll catch that okay. sort of thing? I'd like to make a point about this because I think it's very important. Sure. And it, there is a biblical understanding of this, folks. When we talk about covenants that we're involved in, when we talk about treaties that we involve ourselves in. I realize everybody's going to go to the Constitution and say, well, we have to do this. And I, I would agree with that. That's how we have to do it. But there's a wisdom that comes from that. It comes before that. And I think it comes from Scripture. Okay? So we are we are supposed to be uh, sovereigns unto ourselves. We're supposed to be sovereign states who are in a confederacy or an alliance together under the banner of the United States. We're not supposed to be an incorporation like our Congress unconstitutionally put us in we're supposed to be sovereign states that are to gather together and for we we formed a federal government it didn't form us we formed it to do certain tasks very limited tasks and that's why we wrote the constitution was to limit them not to give them you know a a, a carte blanche okay so what does the scripture say about treaties and covenants that are made okay well here's here's from exodus 21 Uh, excuse me, Exodus 23, and here's what God says. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Now he's promised these people, he's brought out of slavery, a land, a land he's going to give them, and he's going to drive out the inhabitants. Why? Because they were doing the things he was telling his people not to do. Okay? He was, he was going to drive them out, and he was going to give the uh, land to his people. And he says, And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even into the Sea of the Philistines, and from the desert into the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before, the sea, before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. You're not, look, it, it can't be any more clear. This is the principle here. The people of God are not to make covenants with nations or entities who are not in alignment with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and our Lord Jesus Christ. They are not to do it. He tells them not to do it. So what happens? Did Israel listen? Well, for the most part, they listened to that. And then we read in Joshua chapter 9 this, verse 3, it says, And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and Ai, that they had went in and destroyed them, they did work willily 
and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments unto them and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. They were deceitful is what they were. Okay, just like this decoration here. They were deceitful. And they went to Joshua and to the camp at Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. No, they weren't. They were deceitful. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country. Very vague, right? Thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon king of Heshbon, and to Og king of Bashan, which was... At Ashtoreth, wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants. Therefore now make ye a league with us. This our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and is moldy, and these bottles of wine which were filled were new, and behold, they be rent. And these our garments and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel the mouth of the Lord. See, they didn't proceed. They didn't go after God. They didn't see, hey, are these, are these people really people we should be dealing with, that we should make this league, this covenant with? And Joshua made peace with them. Instead of driving them out, as God had said, he made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. And you know what? They were bound by their word. You go on to read that passage. They were bound by their word of their covenant they made with these deceivers. Guys, This is why it's very important, especially when land comes on with these things out of the United Nations and the the United States makes these covenants and these these, uh, treaties with these foreign countries. It's important to understand whether or not those treaties are moral, whether they're good and whether the people behind them can be trusted uh, for what we're making a treaty with. This right here should be a testament to the American people as to what their representatives are doing. Now, guys, we're going to play a, a video on the other side. I think Lynn has some more comments. But before we go with the radio audience, you guys can jump on YouTube, Facebook, DLive, uh, Periscope, and also Before It's News if you want to join us for the final part of the show. Lynn, we got about uh, 15 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Well, you can find me on Facebook, Common Core Diva, or U.S. Parent Call to Action. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Parlor, USA.Live. Uh, you can find me localactivist.org. And, of course, my blog is commoncordiva.com. All right, guys, we appreciate you very much. Lynn, we appreciate you. We're going to catch you on the other side. Guys, join us on YouTube. Head over to DLive, Facebook, or Before It's News. And tomorrow, we're going to try to get a guy on who's actually in the militia. We'll tell you what they do. See ya. Okay, everybody who will be joining us from Red State Talk Radio, welcome. Uh, Appreciate you guys listening and tuning in and joining us. Also, you guys who are already in the chat, 
and watching by video on the various platforms. We appreciate you guys as well. Now, Lynn has got for us a video. Do you want to set this up before uh, before I play that, Lynn? Sure. This is from the Family Watch International, and as we said uh, previously, supposedly they're supposed to be fighting the good fight to protect families, but their work with the United Nations is very suspect, and this is why this particular video we're about to play is is worth bringing up because it's their saying it's their saying that yes, as a family, you should support the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Okay, all right, here we go. In 2015, world leaders from over 190 countries gathered at the United Nations and committed to a bold 15-year plan of action with 17 goals for people, the planet, and prosperity. Known as the UN Sustainable Development Goals, this plan aims to create a world free of poverty, hunger, disease, and want. A world where each country enjoys sustainable economic growth. A world without violence and where women and girls are empowered. A world where a good education is accessible to all. But how are nations to accomplish these lofty goals? According to the United Nations Resolution on the Protection of the Family, these goals will be difficult to attain unless the strategies to achieve them focus on the family. This is because, as the Family Resolution also states, the family contributes to eradicating poverty and hunger, achieving universal primary education, promoting gender equality, empowering women, reducing child mortality, and more. Yet, unfortunately, the contribution of the family in the achievement of development goals continues to be largely overlooked, despite the fact that the family is key to solving many world problems. Research shows that men women and children do better when it comes to health, wealth, and education when they are part of a strong, stable family. Indeed, the wealth of nations depends in no small part on the health of its families. Take education. Across the globe, children living with their two parents are more likely to be successful in school. In countries across the world, from Indonesia to Singapore to Sweden, children were about 40% less likely to be held back in school if they lived with two parents compared to just one. Kids benefit from having the attention, time, and resources of both a mother and a father when it comes to excelling in school. Thus, strong families make for successful students. What about children's health? In much of the world, family instability is associated with higher levels of disease, stunted growth, and child mortality. A global study from Child Trends shows that kids in Africa, Asia, and Latin America from intact homes are almost one-fifth less likely to die than children whose mothers divorced or remarried. The resources, stability, and lower levels of stress typically provided in a two-parent family benefits the health of kids. Thus, strong families make for healthier children. Take the empowerment of girls. Having a family with a father present is a protective factor against adolescent girls being sexually active or abused. From the United States to Kenya, we know that teenage girls without a father are two times more likely to get pregnant. Good fathers provide their daughters with the affection, attention, and guidance they need to be safer and healthier. Thus, strong families make for girls with brighter futures. What about development? Countries with more married parent families enjoy higher levels of economic growth. 
Indeed, a study sponsored by the Social Trends Institute finds that the family factor is one of the best predictors of growth in countries across the world. Undoubtedly, one reason growth is higher in countries with more married parent families is because children do better in stable, intact families. Men also tend to work harder, smarter, and more successfully when they are married. Thus, strong families make for successful, wealthier nations. Clearly, the family plays a key role in achieving the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And since governments can never adequately compensate for the irreplaceable role of the family, nations have a vested interest in protecting this natural and fundamental unit of society. Because as the family goes, so go the children, so goes the nation, so goes the world. Now, this is very interesting to me because they use a lot of the language that Christians would use to speak about things. What's interesting, though, to me is the hypocrisy. You're going mm-hmm. to support a organization that has never had a person head it as a, their attorney. Uh, what is what is what's the guy who's over the U.N.? The secretary general. secretary general. I'm sorry. The secretary mm-hmm. general. They have never had one that hasn't been a socialist or a communist. I mean, that's the history. I've I've recounted all of them in an article on Sons of mm-hmm. Liberty Media, if I can remember. I'll put that in the archives as well. I've recounted every single one of them. They've been socialist or they've been communist. Those are tied to the Marxist ideology, which doesn't believe any of this stuff that they just that the Family Wash International just said. In fact, the UN is not necessarily promoting this family unit. They, they come on and say, oh, no, no, we have to have the, the, the special rights, because they're not human rights, the special rights to accommodate sodomites and lesbians and uh, transgender people and all this other stuff. They can have their own families. There can be two mommies in, in the house. There can be two daddies in the house. There can, there can be all of this weird sexual relationships going on, and, and, and Family Watch is right about talking about dads with their daughters and all this other stuff, and yet what does, what does the UN promote? Well, they want to put condoms out. Out in, in Africa to control the population. They want to have the vaccines that control the population because they aren't out there teaching what the Bible says about abstinence until marriage and then teach marriage that part of marriage, uh, what God says is that he wants godly seed. And so they don't teach that to people. And we know abstinence works every time it's tried. No sexual diseases, um, no unwanted pregnancies, and you do things the way the Creator has said to do it in, within the confines of marriage. The family is blessed; it benefits the nation. Uh, the, the 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 nation blessed. Uh, the country is blessed because of honoring God in the family. And I, I tell you, I'm amazed here at the absolute hypocrisy. If we held up what they're promoting here of the UN, UN Sustainable Developments, the Family Watch International against what the Bible says, I would go, uh, you guys sound like you're doing what Joshua was doing. You made a covenant with hell over here that you weren't supposed to make. You're not, you're getting behind these people. And, uh, I, I think you would probably say the same thing, Lynn. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I want us to take just a couple of minutes to talk about how this also goes back to the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement. Now we've done several shows on that, Tim, but you've got, I believe it is, hang on just a second, let me get my notes here. Okay, in chapter 13, 
this is uh, page one, you would see of the United States, Mexico, Canada, now not the agreement, but the Implementation Act that Congress did pass as a law. You're going to see this is the part where the government gets to say, hey, we're going to take this, we're going to take that, but they're going to base it on uh, the construction that the UN has set up for how the government comes in and takes what you have. So that's a big deal. You also have, and this can apply not just to your physical property, but, you know, it could apply to your family as well. So we need to be super, super careful about that. Um, you also need to look at uh, Chapter 12 on page 1. This is where Big Pharma will profit tremendously under this particular implementation for this particular agreement, which marries to this Geneva Declaration. You're going to see in Chapter 3, biotech, especially concerning our food supply. Well, you can't have healthy bodies if you don't have food. All right, Chapter 20 is devoted to health care. And that particular um, chapter is extremely scary. I will just tell you that um, because it's going to take public health and make it uh, totally out of your control. So, you know, you won't even be able to choose your doctor so much as you're going to be told this is where you need to go and all this other kind of stuff. Now, one day after this particular implementation law was signed, President Trump converted Medicaid to block grants. And we have discussed how awful block grants are because what it does is it sets the government up one more time to take it out of you somehow. If it's not through your taxes, it will be uh, out of their pound of flesh. So, you know, it, it's, it sounds like it's not a big deal, but when you really start looking at all this other kind of stuff, Tim, it really is because those Medicaid block grants uh, apply to the supposed replacement of Obamacare, which, if you'll remember, was not really a replacement. It was just another version of it. So I just wanted to point those particular things out because they do have to do with this Geneva Declaration as well. Now, what we need to understand is that the Family Watch organization also has some other red flags. All right, they want to focus on developing health systems like, for example, you know, we're going to control your tobacco use. Well, that starts to sound like um, what the World Bank has set up through their particular social impact bonds and so-called sin taxes. And what happens with these is they end up data mining you to no end as well as controlling you. So let's say, you know, I smoke or I drink. Under these particular plans that the World Bank has, that the Family Watch Institute is sounding like they want to do the same thing, if I smoke or drank, it would tax me um, even more for that habit and then socially rank me because of those habits. So my social credit would would either reward me or punish me for things like that. This is already being played out um, in China. Uh, we also have the fact that... Um, you know, this all ties back to education. But this particular Family Watch International also plays with two different, uh, two or three different organizations that tie to our neighborhoods, that tie to community reinvestment, which will marry into federal law and, of course, economic progress. And these are based out of Illinois. There are three different, uh, yeah, three different groups. We have the Debt Education and Assistance, um, 
that works with, this is a coalition, and they work with several different entities, including schools, and this will come into the Every Student Succeeds Act as well because of those promised neighborhoods, which was a initiative that Obama started that was never supposed to be put into law, but when Every Student Succeeds Act was created, it put in promised neighborhoods, and now those are codified. And if you want to look at how awful Promised Neighborhoods has become under Every Student Succeeds that We can do probably another show on that. But also the National Community Reinvestment Coalition, which ties to the National Community Revitalization Act, which is going to set up the UN-led cookie-cutter neighborhoods that we've seen under the Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, that's going to bring in your housing and urban development. It's going to bring in your Department of Labor, your Department of Education. So, see, this is not just about health care. This, this whole declaration, Tim, was not just about, oh, we're going to take abortion off the table. It's trying to set up more ways to control our health, where we live, where we work, and how we're educated. Yep, it's basically bringing in a control of every aspect of our life. And instead of God determining right. that, uh, we're going to let this socialist, communist, antichrist kind of entity uh, determine that for mm-hmm. us. I, I want to just uh, take a time here, uh, folks, just to sure. let you know how much Lynn does, okay? Uh, she's not going to toot her own horn on this, so I'm going to do it. Um, this is the email that I got from her just from this week, okay? This is all of the information that she goes through and puts together so that we can have all these tabs open, show you the video, show you the documentation. And this is just from this week. And then we put this in the archive. Um, This is all of the stuff that Lynn goes through on this one to get to this one show. And so what I want to do is, Lynn, again, you get that people can go to your website. They can go to CommonCoreDiva.com, and they can support you. Look, guys, Lynn does it for nothing, like we do the show here. If you want to support the Sons of Liberty, you can do that. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can go over there. There's a donate button. There's a Become a Son or Daughter of Liberty. You can do that if you want to. We don't have our hand out for money. That's not what we're here. But it takes money to continue to do things. But Lynn does this, too, uh, because she loves giving people the truth so they can do something with it. Not so they can have a head knowledge, but so they can act on it. And so I wanted to show you, that's just for this show. That email that you guys saw, it will be in the archive, all of that information, so that you can go and research it yourself, and so you can take action in your state or your local uh, area that you're in. So, Lynn, um, I'm going to let you spill it over. Where can people find you, and how can they help support the Common Core Diva? Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I want to just say, when you go and look at the archives, you know, If you want to throw in the shows we've done on the USMCA, if you want to do the shows we've done on comprehensive sexuality, if you want to, you know, go and look at these nonprofits that I've brought up because when you look at the corporate sponsors they have and you see how much this is tied into our infrastructure, you will better understand why the USMCA is such a big deal and how it marries in with the Every Student Succeeds Act as well as this new declaration. But if you want to find me, um, as Tim said, you can go to the Common Core Diva. There is a donut. Uh, donut. <laughs> a you donut get a donut button. if you donate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't eat donuts, so you have a donut for me, okay? But anyway, the point of it is you can donate there if you feel so led. And um, that would be super. You can also find me on localactivist.org, USA.life, MeWe, Twitter, Parlor, 
Uh, again, I have two pages on Facebook, um, and I am in timeout, if you will, until December. So that's why you're not seeing much activity from me on Facebook, but you can find me there. You can also find me on Breaking News Journal TV on uh, Amazon Fire Stick or Roku Stick. You can go there and subscribe to my channel, help support me that way. And um, if you need to email me, commoncordiva at gmail.com. All right. And uh, one other question. Kim is asking whether or not you have a P.O. box. Whoops, I hit the wrong button there. Sorry about that. She's asking if you have a P.O. box. I guess she's wanting to send you a check or something maybe. I don't know. Oh, I have. No, I do not have a P.O. box. I have my personal address, which I am not giving out on the air. If she wants to contact me, I can share that privately. Okay. uh, So, Kim, if you want to do that, go to uh, CommonCoreDiva.com. There's a contact button on there too, isn't there, Lynn? I think so. Yeah, I, I do believe there is. But yeah, the um, this um, you know, and start talking about this particular declaration because you know, while it may sound like it's a good thing, it's all the details that didn't get brought up that we were bringing up that people need to know about. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to close out the show. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate all you guys very much. We're, I mean, we don't get anything done unless you're out there listening and then acting on that. By the way, uh, Kim, if you want to contact me, you can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There's a contact button up there. Uh, send it to me, and, and I'll get it from uh, Bradley and them. And then the same thing applies for Lynn. You can contact her. Go to commoncoredeva.com. Again, we appreciate all your support. You guys have a great day. Don't lose your mind over this stuff. Look. Either one of these guys get into office, the same agenda is going forward unless we are going to stand up and say no more to it. Okay, I'm not a gloom and doomer. I don't believe in that. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is king, that he's on the throne, that he's putting all his enemies under his feet. And you should, too. And you should take heart in that and courage. Not be scared. Not be afraid because we're told over and over not to be that. Yes, this is awful news that we have to bring to you. Okay, but there's good news. And that is the Lord goes before us to fight our battles if we're willing to go into battle with him. You guys have a great day. In 22 and a half hours, we'll talk to you then, Lord willing. See ya.